0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of SpinCast. Today, we're diving back into the world of high school esports. Joining us is Robbie Hernandez. He is the esports coach at Thomas Jefferson High School in San Antonio, Texas. So without further ado, Robbie, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where your passions in gaming kind of started, and kind of how that led you down your path to your current position as the esports coach at Thomas Jefferson
1: hush my my passion of uh gaming really started early in my life my father was in the military i remember he was coming back from a deployment in uh kuwait i believe kuwait or korea and uh he comes out the plane he's got a nintendo 64 in his hand and like i was more excited to see that than to see my dad and it was just like gaming from from like the from that point forward um Of course, like, I played sports, like, traditional sports in high school. There wasn't, like, an eSports scene. But in college, I was on uh, my school StarCraft II team. And um, that was really exciting. That that was my first taste, like, in professional eSports of just, like, I started to know who, like, the StarCraft II players were. And then very quickly after that, I got into League of Legends. And, like, that was, like, 2013, 2014. And then, of course, everyone knows, like, that just popped off. Um, and so then from there on out uh, when I became a teacher in 2015 it was students came to me and they're like you seem like a pretty cool dude like do you want to be our uh, our game club director kind of and I was like okay and then this past year I was like you know what it needs to go a step further we're gonna make it official we're gonna be esports like I want to I wanted it to reach more legitimacy than just like a random club that five guys show up to
0: yeah absolutely i think that's uh the platform of esports yields for so much right i think a lot of students that are involved in gaming and esports they don't they haven't quite found where those passions are so to say right they don't really play football or they don't participate in band but like everyone they love gaming right they love esports and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that so like the ability to have the program like yours to give them those opportunities to be be with people that are like them of their own age at school and be you know talking and and, uh, communicating about something they're passionate about is absolutely awesome um but you know, my next question really is: t- tell me a little bit more about um, the esports program there at Thomas Jefferson. Tell me, you know, what games do you compete in, what do those teams look like, um, and just kind of give me that snapshot of what you know you do as a program slash club.
1: Um, so we're pretty new. Um, it was a it was a long process in my district last school year. We really started out kind of in September, and I just had I had an information meeting, and fifty over fifty students showed up to that information meeting. And um, they just—they were just all over the place with the types of games they played. And then district started to get more wind of it. And I'm in a pretty large urban district, and there's a lot of control from our district offices. And um, there was a little bit of pushback. They wanted to make sure, like, that you know we had a uh, like very clear standards. And so we actually didn't get up and running into like a league until. Uh, Final approval came at the end of January, and that really just left us with Super Smash Brothers, Rocket League, and League of Legends, Mm -hmm. and um, I I just had people step up for those games. I had had over $2,000 in donations last school year for things like Nintendo Switches and supplies, and that really just helped skyrocket the availability of the games um, for my students, because I'm in a Title I school, so not all of my students have these access to like computers and Nintendo Switches at home. And so like, this is literally the only spot where they can participate. And um, I had about 25 consistently showing up every single day with like Super Smash Brothers, League of Legends, Rocket League. And I hadn't even heard about Rocket League. I was like, what is this? And they were like, it's car soccer. And, like, I fell in love with that game now. So, like, it's it's amazing, like, how the students just bring it to me. And um, they come up with the ideas first. And I'm like, yeah, let's refine that and, like, let's just run with it. And it's just super exciting to get, to get caught up in their excitement.
0: Exactly. I think that's something that's just always so incredible to see is, you know, people like you – giving or helping the students grow the platform that they want right giving them that ability to compete you know raising those donation dollars and like i said just having that platform is so important especially at the high school age where you know everyone kind of needs to find that sense of belonging and it's so great when that can happen um especially in esports now i'm in Rocket league that's a game that i kind of fell into love uh recently as well because it's such like a kid friendly game so to say um because you know you don't have the violence aspects or anything that you know i'm sure you experiences with some of that district pushback um you know just making sure it's safe but like you know it's not it's car soccer and it's so fun right. and it's so easy to pick up it's very hard to master but it's pretty easy to pick up and start playing and start getting better so I, I love to see that um kind of diving into the club itself a little bit more is take us through like obviously it sounds like you know covid probably put a little bit of a hiccup into the being able to play in a land fashion in any sense um, so take us through kind of like pre-COVID, what a day in the club looked like, you know, wh- was there any LAN competitions or events you all hosted? Um, or is it more just, you know, practicing in the cafeteria? Or what did that look like exactly to kind of give, you know, the audience a better picture of what the program looks like when it's kind of in full functionality, you know, before sure. it screwed, you know, just messed everything up?
1: <laughs> um, well, the league that we play in is uh, through Playverse. And um So our games would fall on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they actually didn't offer Super Smash Brothers. But I'm a computer science teacher at my school, so I have a computer lab. I have a large space where students can come in. Um, And then there's another lab across the hall, which I'm looking at prime real estate to expand to. But um, yeah, there wasn't a special place like in the cafeteria that we'd have to like set up and take down every day. But my students, as soon as our bell would ring at 415, like they would just be popping in and like we had a procedure down because I keep all the materials in the closet. All I had to do is like give one of the kids a key Mm -hmm. and then they're just like taking it out and then they put it away at the end of the practice. And um, so it, it was pretty straightforward in terms of like getting a space. I didn't really have to hunt anything down, but... Um, outside of game days we had things like VOD review and um, what's nice about play versus like everything's online and um, so we'd we'd play from our lab we'd have people cheering them on like right behind them as they're watching their screens and late legends can be really hard like following along if you don't understand because it looks like everyone's just clicking in circles mm-hmm. but rocket league's the one like see so rocket league and super smash brothers those are the games like people get behind because they can yeah. see it and understand it they're like oh he just hit that ball with this car
0: yeah
1: um, it's like you get it or that guy just flew off the stage in super smash brothers like you get it you can see it mm-hmm. and uh, so it created a really nice following and um, like we started to cheer each other on like it came like fans of each other, supporters of each other, um, and just a stronger community. And uh, you know that's what we would do pretty much every day. And then for like Super Smash Brothers, we would go to like local tournaments. There's not a big esports scene in San Antonio, but myself and other schools are like, we're trying to grow it. We're trying to get people, more people involved in, from the high schools. And uh, that that's continues to be our goal is to the growth of esports in, in San Antonio.
0: Exactly. I think that's kind of like the, the mission of everybody in esports, right? It's just to see the scene grow and, you know, us contribute any help we can. And that's awesome to see. Um, kind of diving into um, a couple of things that you mentioned there, that I want to ask you about is that sense of community. I think I see it everywhere. in every podcast I do at the high school or the collegiate level, or even the professional scene, those communities that developed out of having, you know, like mind with like mind in a, you know, particular setting, whether it's a high school or any other kind of school or business or whatnot, um, you see it kind of just grow and foster. So, you know, I'd love for you to like kind of elaborate a little bit more about what that sense of community has kind of provided for your students from your experiences kind of going off what you've seen um, or heard, you know, just being able to build this community from within and kind of what you think, in your
1: opinion, um, that provides for the students. Um well one thing is that it helps it helps create like a school identity for my students because you kind of mentioned it earlier a lot of these kids are not in band they're not in like ROTC they're not in sports um and so like they're doing this stuff at home like with just one or two friends um usually online and like they're sitting alone and now they're sitting with 20 like-minded individuals of like they're all trying to get better and it that same sort of competition and community that you get from these other activities such as sports or fine arts that like that starts to invade their lives and they start to communicate in discord and start to become like the same stuff that you would get in any other another spot like they're doing it now whereas like they couldn't they didn't have that before but that's something like that they just kind of go to
0: yeah absolutely i think you know he said the people just the kids naturally gravitate towards opportunities like this because it's something they're passionate about and they're like wow this is actually happening outside of you know my setup in my room like i have the ability to go somewhere and play you know in a physical setting which i think is way more rewarding so to say i think you know lanzo is so much more fun in my opinion and i love to be there whether it's watching or playing or admining or designing it whatever it is i just it's so much more fun when you can have everybody kind of in that one place um, kind of switching topics here to my next question is you mentioned about some of that district pushback. Um, and I can probably, you know, assume or guess that it's about the violent video games and the, you know, negative connotations that surround it, which, you know, if you look at the research, it really says quite the opposite. Um, but, you know, looking at like kind of what happened, you don't have to elaborate too much, but more focusing on the future, kind of like, what are your, you know, visions to kind of keep expanding the club and, you know, maybe bringing in some of the popular titles like rainbow six or call of duty that are still, you know, pretty prevalent in the high school. Um, kind of age group um, do you have any plans on you know expanding bringing different games or growing the club um, partly you know obviously with the district's approval um, to really you know continuously grow this graphic or platform for everybody that wants to be involved
1: of course um, like you said it's it is the shooters um, and then I even got very specific pushback on League of Legends when they were like one of these characters Graves is holding a cigar and shoots a gun and like that's very specific but um no i do look to expand into things like overwatch um valorant CS:GO, um mm-hmm. into these games that more, my students are you know they're, they're more interested in that they're they're coming from home they're like i'm the best and like in my in my esports situation right now they can't prove it yeah and um That's kind of like the big thing is like, prove it right. You can't just say you're the best with your group of three friends. Um, And so when I initially got approval, they said no to these shooters or no to any M rated game. And I was like, okay. I'm going to put up that fight later. And my plan is to expand into that and to put up that fight um, either this year or for the following year. And the way I'm going to do it is like, we have a law enforcement course and my law, uh, the law enforcement students carry around fake guns. Yeah. They like, they go through scenarios where they have to like work as teams using weapons. And I'm like, that's the exact same stuff that we're doing here. It's the same stuff that you see in ROTC. Like, I've heard of some schools that have shooting ranges, um, either for actual weapons or, like, archery. Like, mm-hmm. we're teaching kids how to use weapons. Like, mm-hmm. it is absolutely no different than what you, you, what we're seeing here, except we're controlling it in this environment. And we're we're channeling it, too. Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, kind of going off of that, what I've seen is, Once, you know, anybody kind of realizes the positives you gain out of like FPS is they're extremely team oriented, right? Often 5v5 or 6v6, um, but they're team oriented. You have a mission, a goal as a team that you have to communicate in real time underneath the high stress. And you have to basically problem solve and use your critical thinking skills to take what your enemy is giving you, right? Because it's a real enemy in front of you. Um, or in the game, and it's a human being controlling it. I mean, they're going to always do something different each time. So it's being able to extrapolate through all of that and then figure out the right solution and then win the, win the round or the game. And I think once you see that kind of practice over and over again, all of a sudden, like, wow, these skills are really important for the students to have. So absolutely, I can't wait um, to see that expansion and continue from there. Um, kind of switching gears, still looking at the, the future a little bit. Um, more broadly, kind of like at the entire industry, because I think you did play collegiately, correct?
1: Um, yeah. So we played in the North American or the Collegiate North American Collegiate Star League.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I think you have a lot of unique um, kind of experiences to think about this, but looking specifically at high school um, esports for the future, what does that growth kind of look like to get? High school esports from where it is now is a lot of you know smaller clubs or smaller programs some varsity sports with dedicated support from the high school um but what's that next step that the industry needs to take in order to achieve that mainstream success that like you see football or basketball you know all over the news all these dedicated recruiting platforms to the next level um what do you think like what do you think needs to change or be improved upon um, for high school esports to kind of continue down that trend and grow faster that way?
1: Um, I'm going to say uh, two things. It's going to be um, first accessibility. It's um, or maybe like I'm going to talk about accessibility twice but um, not every like most of these to have a competitive edge you're or to like they're not the games that we're talking about they're not all cross-platform and so in order to compete and to to showcase your skills or to have a competitive edge you need to have a pc not only that you need to have a pc with at least optimal specs and that's going to cost you 800 at like minimum to play a lot of these games at minimum like at average settings right Right. and so that immediately hinders and then you're putting into cost of peripherals and then if you have to uh, buy the game like that's also another set like so that's another set of access um that people just that needs to get taken down um so like i like the way free to play games um like league of legends and and how rocket league does it like it gives you a taste of like what the game's about and you can be competitive without having these other like optimizations um Whereas that's not necessarily the case for, for other games, or if you have to just buy the game outright, mm-hmm. um, then that's another barrier to access. Um, and so as long as it requires like expensive equipment that isn't easily accessible to everybody else, um, that's gonna be the biggest barrier um, mm-hmm. that, that is gonna prevent like the, the boom for high school esports.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think you have a great point there because you know you look at the traditional sports and there is no lack of accessibility. The schools provide the equipment or the field, but also when you go home, you can go take a run, right? Or go lift weights, which is, you know, very accessible, right? You just need some weights or you just need shoes. Um, right. you know, that doesn't really exist for esports because you need a computer, you need a console, you need a dedicated system, right? Um, so totally agree there. And I think, you know, you said that you were a title one school, which is awesome. I hope to see, you know, more Title I schools kind of bring on esports because when you look at the studies. Uh, those demographics that, you know, the underserved or the underprivileged students, um, they really latch on to eSports as kind of like a a platform for that upward mobility, so to say. So that kind of goes to my next question is, have you seen any of that or kind of what are your thoughts on, you know, the the, the Title I schools really buying into the eSports model to give these students something that they're so passionate about as a constructive avenue for that upward mobility so they can make it to college, maybe on an eSports scholarship, or take those passions and apply them constructively um, at you know, some level of collegiate
1: coursework so they can graduate and get a good job. Um, I'm not sure I quite understand. Can you clarify your question?
0: So, the title, a lot of Title I schools um, really latch on, the students latch on to eSports. It's uh, like a prevalent that there's been a bunch of studies done um, where the students, those demographics where they're underserved from poor, uh, more rural or urban areas um, really latch onto esports as kind of a way to escape. Right. Um, uh-huh. And I love to see that, you know, a number of schools have done this where they have dedicated programs within esports to really help grow and foster the students. So I don't know like, if you've any experienced anything like that, your program being a title one school um, as kind of an avenue to explore those passions constructively to, you know, enhance their education as they look towards college.
1: Okay. Um, What I would recommend for, like, any Title I school, if there's, like, a teacher or coach who's interested in taking on this activity, Mm -hmm. is that um, the funds are there. This falls under, like, STEM and Title I funds, Mm -hmm. like, and you just, I feel like, Maybe it's my situation specifically, and I can't speak to every school, but um, from what I've seen across the country, um, nobody knows how that money gets spent. That's not that's not getting shared with everybody. And so, like when when we look at okay, who like we can have an esports program, but how are we going to get this equipment? No one's thinking Title One funds. They're thinking of using the Title One funds on pencils and erasers you know like if you keep wasting the money like that um, instead of getting quality technology for your school um, that's going to last more than one year like Mm -hmm. that's what people need to use that money on Mm -hmm. and um, I feel like again that's another barrier but that having that that communication with administration your school administration your district administration that that is seriously going to help and of course there's so many people willing to donate to esports. Um, like I said, I had over two thousand dollars donated last year, um, and then I've got more donations coming in this school year. Like people are way, are more than willing to to throw money at this because not only does it help students, um, like with esports, it helps them become better with just technology in general. Even if they don't want to pursue like esports further than high school, like they become more adept with it. With the technology, so that availability is there, and then nearly every single league that I've heard of offers um, opportunity for Title One schools. So like, you can't just be like, "We have no money for this. My students can't afford the league. Like, it costs like hundred dollars for kid um, per seat, per semester." Like. Um, you don 't have to worry about that because those companies are doing the same thing that we 're doing we 're trying to expand esports, and they want your schools in it, and so they're willing to work with it. You. you just got to
0: let them know yep, exactly. I think you know taking that first step and you know raising that awareness or visibility is so important, like you said, just take that first step uh, and let them know like hey, you know I really can't afford this, but I 'd love to play because I think so many people are just trying to grow the industry just like you said, and you know you were talking about the technology aspect there as well I think Esports really is a great platform. And I keep saying the word, but I love it as a kind of visit or seeing it as a platform um, because it is a platform for all these avenues within the STEM kind of field, right? Just because you might not be the best of the game doesn't mean you're actively... Learning like those communications, those marketing skills, the graphic design, and then usually the PCs are very strong gaming, you know, gaming machines are very, very well uh, equipped, so to say, so they can do the coding work, right, they can do the level design, the game design, the video editing, the photography, right. So you can use it as a, as another tool to expand your tool set, so to say, and your abilities. So absolutely there. Um, unfortunately we are running out of time we've had a fantastic discussion so far Robbie I always leave everybody with one last question looking at the esports industry as, an, as a global industry every level um, everybody involved whether it's players coaches businesses marketing agencies whatnot um, what do you is that next big step for the industry as an entire entity to really kind of catapult itself forward to start to contend on a competitive level with like the NFL or global soccer because esports is growing so fast and it's already so big. Um, but also like a lot of people still don't really understand what all goes into esports, right? All the event production, all the surrounding skill sets that kind of surround the space. Um, what do you think that one thing that needs to kind of come to fruition or be improved on or be focused on to really see esports launch itself to really be, you know, as big as soccer or football?
1: Um, I think more more transparency and more access so like your esports is more than just being a professional player it's casting it's Mm -hmm. it's broadcasting it's producing it's the graphic design It's the video editing it's all of that um and people don't see that and i think um in europe league legends the lec they did a great job of this a couple of years ago where they were putting out like the behind the scenes of their casters and the production team and everything that goes into it and so making that more available but not only that just um when when you're when you're talking about it um make it simplify it like i was saying earlier, like. People don't understand League of Legends. You can look at Rocket League, and you can you can figure it out. Um, and it's the same thing with football and basketball. Guy catches ball or runs in end zone, like or mm-hmm. goes through the hoop. You get points, and you can you can sit there and you can figure it out. Um, and so, the simpler these games are, the more mainstream I think they're going to get. I think with games like League of Legends, they'll eventually hit a cap about like people who actually want to get into it. Um, mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, just making that accessibility there for everybody is always going to be huge.
0: Exactly. I think, you know, you hit on the head there of the viewership perspective, right? Of really, how do you get everybody involved in League of Legends? Like even playing it, like you got to put in like a thousand, two thousand hours to like really understand the game (laughs) and like appreciate how complex it is. But, you know, at face value, it's like there's a lot of magic and swords and i really don't know what's going on and like imagine that from someone that hasn't played video games or has only ever played like mario kart right they're like yeah this isn't fun to watch i'm not having an enjoyable time but games like Rocket who i love it it's really easy to follow right you can put that on a bar um or any kind of sports tavern and all of a sudden like everyone's into it because it's very easy to kind of grasp right yeah turn it on you're like wow this is actually extremely hard to do what the pros are doing um so absolutely yeah but we have run out of time robbie thank you for sitting down with me on spin cast thank you Go ahead, if you will, real quick, go ahead, plug yourself, plug your school, plug your program. Tell us about where we can keep up to to date with you on any social media or website or any uh, platforms or avenues that I didn't mention.
1: Uh, Sure. So I have a YouTube channel for my classes and where I I share like the lifestyle of a esports coach and just a general teacher uh, communication to students. That's uh, on YouTube. Mr. Hernandez teaches um as well as my my twitch channel i stream um either saturday or sunday every weekend and on holidays um that's mr h teaches on twitch um that's pretty much it but uh, if anybody ever wants to reach out to me or follow me on those things or ask any questions about high school esports or my life as a teacher
0: reach out yeah absolutely i think that's one of the best thing about esports is that all of us love to just sit down and talk about it right explore the space you know answer any questions that someone may have And you really just kind of, like you said, we've been saying the entire time, grow the industry as much as we can in any way we can. Uh, But once again, thank you for sitting down with me. To all our viewers and listeners, thanks for saying the entire time. Stay healthy and stay happy right now, especially during the current pandemic. Take care of yourselves and your loved ones. And ultimately, stay plugged in.